What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the show. It's time for another brand new episode of the Politics and Punk Rock Podcast. I am Andrew for America. And before we get started today, everybody, go log into YouTube and search for Andrew for America. Like and follow. I'm going to start a YouTube channel where I'm going to put all of the audiogram show clips uh, up there. I'm not going to do full shows on YouTube because my show would probably get canceled in a week. (laughs) They'd probably censor me. I think I'm already shadow banned on uh, Facebook, maybe even Instagram. Uh, I've been getting more followers on Instagram lately. Uh, probably because I started sharing TikTok videos. I started a TikTok page too. I went down that stupid rabbit hole. And uh, it is a cesspool of sorts. Uh, but it is a good way to maybe reach a new audience. So I gave it a shot. So go search for Andrew for America on TikTok if you want. Just heard uh, the most recent Monday Night Master Debaters with uh, Ryan Dean and... Uh, Matt from Great Deception Podcast, and they were talking about TikTok. And guys, if you're listening to this episode of my show, I agree with everything you said. <laughs> TikTok is tough. It's tough. Uh, interesting stuff. Lots of crazy conspiratorial stuff on there. Uh, I'm actually going to make my fifth installment of Reality Lies, Damn Lies, and Statistics. Uh, I'm going to name part five of my supercut show the cesspool that is TikTok. <laughs> and boy, is that going to be a rabbit hole of a supercut mashup show. So be looking for that. But yeah, go like and follow me on YouTube right now. I'm going to put music up there too. I'm going to probably put some videos up there, short stuff, obviously. Um, maybe. I'll do full shows on YouTube, maybe the least, uh, I'm sorry, the less controversial ones maybe won't get axed. So we'll see. We'll see. But go follow me on YouTube, people. I'm going to try to get a YouTube channel up and running. What else is going on? I'm going to kind of do the news today, people. Tulsi Gabbard. I want to talk about Tulsi. Tulsi Gabbard, she pulled a Ronald Reagan. And she left the Democratic Party. You know, I want to clap and applaud too. I want to believe. I want to believe in the Tulsi thing. I believed in Tulsi once before. And that's why it's difficult for me to believe in Tulsi Once again, although her marketing is looking fantastic. She just went on Rogan, had a nice chat with Rogan. Rogan likes her, obviously. 
said she said he said she gives him hope that there are actual politicians that are out there doing it for the right reasons. And you know what? I hope so. I really do. I hope so. Is this going to be some big push for the new Tulsi train? Is she going to run as a Republican? Is she going to run as a Libertarian? Is she going to run as an Independent? What's Tulsi going to do? It will be very interesting to see. Uh, let's talk about some positive stuff that actually affects you and me, my fellow Americans. Student loan forgiveness application form unveiled. But the White House still not ready to launch, says USA Today. In the face of multiple legal challenges, the White House on Tuesday released a preview of the application form for the president's one-time student debt relief cancellation. The application, which will be accessible on cell phones as well as computers, will be published in both English and Spanish and designed for people with disabilities. It will require entering a social security number. The application will require the borrower to sign and agree to a form about what they earn. <laughs> Anyone who was found to have provided false information mm-hmm, would be subject to significant fines and perhaps jail time. This is hilarious. This is, this is, <laughs> if you commit fraud. See, this is a problem with government programs. This is what they're going through with all that PPP money. That's why they're trying to weaponize the IRS 87,000 agents coming to get that money back. And they're going to do the same thing with this loan forgiveness. uh, For student loans. I mean, this is just, this is usury if I've ever seen it. They're going to forgive what you borrowed, but then they're going to grift you for a little more. They're getting bad debt off their books, and then they're just going to create new new debt. It's hilarious. I just heard Clint Russell from Liberty Lockdown Podcast talking about the CBDC. That's the red line, he says. We can't let that occur in America. Because then freedom's gone, people. It's all over. Probably. Perhaps. Um... America's got a lot of problems on its hands right now, people. Lots of problems. What else do I want to talk about today? Um, So, yeah, Tulsi. I want to believe in Tulsi. Let's see what Tulsi does. She's got the right rhetoric. She's got the right resume. She seems like she's got the right moral compass. I just don't like the flip-flopping. But, hey, you know, hey, we all change. We all evolve. We all grow, and we should be doing all those things, and I talk about all those things all the time. So maybe I should shut the fuck up and give Tulsi a chance, right? (laughs) You're probably right. You're probably right. I'm just a little more apprehensive about stuff these days. Um... Biden, uh, President Biden to reevaluate relationship with Saudi Arabia after oil production cut. 
President Biden is reevaluating the relationship with Saudi Arabia after it teamed up with Russia to cut oil production in a move that bolstered Vladimir Putin's government and could raise American gasoline prices to just before midterm elections, a White House official said. I think the president's been very clear that this is a relationship that we need to continue to reevaluate, that we need to be willing to revisit, said official John F. Kirby, the strategic communications coordinator for the National Security Council at the White House, said uh, on CNN recently, and certainly in light of the OPEC decision, I think that's where he is. So reevaluating our uh, reevaluating our relationship with Saudi Arabia over the oil thing. Interesting. I also saw that Iran. Iran's having some civil unrest right now that you probably haven't heard about in the American mainstream media, which is by design. Women are taking off their hijabs, throwing them in the streets. The level of courage it takes to do that, for those women to do that, demands respect if you have any knowledge about how the status quo operates in the country of Iran. Punk rock shit is what that is. Ladies of Iran, you have my respect. I, I wish the very best for you in your fight for freedom, equality, independence, etc. But uh, Iran uh, recently, uh, amidst all of the all of these uh, uprisings that are going on in the streets, they say it might be threatening to the government. They might try to overthrow the government. <laughs> Where have we heard this story before, right? How severe and serious is that? How realistic is that? Who knows? Who knows? But they recently said. They warned the West about getting involved in their business. There's a lot of movers and shakers on the world stage. Repositioning, reevaluating. Election season's coming soon. You're going to see a lot of propaganda, a lot of emotional tales. Appeals to emotion, tugging on your heartstrings, manipulation, and people stop fucking watching Netflix. That is a hundred percent propaganda. I've told you guys before, the company's never turned a profit. It's being funded and propped up for the purpose of propagandizing you, gullible, naive idiots. Get off of Netflix. For fuck's sake. Jesus, see it for what it is, people. Ugh. Oh, boy. Um. So, yeah. Iran racing to expand enrichment of underground plant. Iran is racing ahead with the planned expansion of uranium enrichment with advanced centrifuges, centrifuges at its underground plant at Natanz and now intends to go even further, a confidential U.N. nuclear watchdog report seen by Reuters showed on Monday. (laughs) 
Confidential UN nuclear watchdog report. That is a planted story, my fellow Americans. <laughs> they want you to believe that they're building nukes in all these other countries around the world as if we're going to allow that to occur. I mean, <laughs> and you know what? If they are building nukes, and I'm wrong about this being a planted story that Reuters saw from a UN nuclear watchdog report. I mean, that is... <laughs> if that doesn't tell you the whole story right there, I don't know what will. But anyway, uh, let's just say that they are. Let's just say that they are developing nuclear weapons in Iran. North Korea has been firing missiles, testing, training. China's been firing missiles, sending their Navy out testing, training, threatening to take countries over. Putin in the in Ukraine, that's happening right now. I wouldn't call Putin the aggressor by any means, but hey, if that's what the media wants to call him, then okay, so be it. Who cares? Whatever. Aristocrats fighting other aristocrats. These are the games of empire. It's like real life Game of Thrones. It's like, does life imitate art or does art imitate life? Are the people that create the propaganda equally as propagandized by their own creation? Sometimes I wonder. Once it's in existence, once it's manifested, does it just take on a mind of its own? Interesting stuff. Scary times. Nuclear holocaust... Fear porn, fear porn, fear porn. Get clicks, get clicks, get eyeballs, get views. Collect data, create a file on every breathing human being walking on this planet. Let's create microchips that are affected by uh, magnetic fields and we can alter your mind and energize the cells in your brain. I mean, I'm going down a rabbit hole right now, people, but I mean, this is this is the kind of stories once you start putting stuff together, no wonder people are losing their shit. No wonder people are going crazy. No wonder everyone's being called a conspiracy theorist. This overabundance of information. You know, we're drowning in information, but we're starving or thirsting for knowledge wisdom that's because nobody wants to do the inner work they all want to be distracted by bread and circuses and entertainments and chase their sloth and their lust and their greed and whatever right so that's happening Iran pissed off people are losing it in the streets new world orders getting rolled out even quicker in other countries uh, faster, rather, we're gonna see it. We're gonna see, and we're gonna start hearing about other countries having things implemented that are just going to blow your mind. You, you mark my words, be prepared to see that. That's coming soon. We're reevaluating our relationship with Saudi Arabia. That's hilarious. I mean, just think about what's going on in Yemen. Who knows? Who knows what Biden's going to do? I recently heard Biden's going to do what Christy Nome 
didn't do. Remember in my uh, uh, moral versus legal episode when she said it looks bad on the criminal justice system to go back on the decisions we made back when, before we legalized marijuana. We did, we're not going to expunge these people's records because it's just a bad look and sets bad precedent. Biden says, no, nope, we're going to do it. That's amazing. I almost don't believe that. But they almost have to give us plebe, prole, lower class, slave, serfs. They got to throw us a bone every once in a while or else we might just revolt in uprising. <laughs> right? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know where your red line is. Everyone talks about their red line. Where's where's your line in the sand? What's it going to take to occur before you stop obeying and complying to this government bullshit? You can keep running. You can keep pretending. You can keep lying to yourself. You can keep acting like the things that I talk about on my show aren't happening. But, okay, TikTok, motherfucker. You're going to find out it's coming. <laughs> let's just see. I said it on a previous show. I said, let's let history decide who's right and who's wrong. Hindsight's always twenty twenty, baby. <laughs> oh, boy. Another thing I needed to say uh, a few shows back. Uh... I talked about Charlie Robinson's podcast, Macro Aggressions. Great show. You should all go check out his show. But on my show, I called him Chuck. (laughs) And I don't know why I did that. I think I jotted down on my notes, Chuck Robinson. And then instead of saying Charlie, I said Chuck on the show and I didn't edit it. And then I went on the Hard Rock Life podcast and talk to those guys. Great convo. I think I shared that. In fact, I'm going to uh, post that episode as one of my episodes here pretty soon. Um, i got to edit it a little bit, but it's an uh, awesome conversation. And uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, Kevin and Brian over at uh, the Hard Rock Life podcast uh, said, yeah, I never heard anyone call him Chuck before. And they were like, sorry, Chuck, if you're listening. <laughs> and uh, so my bad, hey, I didn't mean to uh, offend anybody. I didn't mean to call you something you didn't like. I hate when people call me Andy. So you want to get back at me, call me Andy. That's fine. <laughs> Fucking hate being called Andy. I don't know why. I think I just grew out of that name as I got older. And I started calling myself Andrew or Drew. People call me Drew, whatever. Uh, So, Charlie Robinson, sir, love your work, big fan. Sorry I called you Chuck. I kind of wanted to be like, what the fuck, Chuck, Uh, over one of your recent episodes where you blew my mind with uh, your uh, research into the UN protocols regarding vaccine requirements for the Blue Hat UN Police Force. And with all of your explanation of what's coming on the horizon, maybe, maybe not. Who knows? We'll see. It's trending in that direction, though. And uh, no wonder why podcasting is blowing up. 
No wonder why everyone is flocking to alternative media. Because we're putting we're putting stuff in your head, my fellow Americans, that you're not going to get from anywhere else. You're not going to get it from the mainstream media. And most people don't have the attention span, the balls, the backbone, the courage, the persistence, the resilience, the fortitude, the perseverance to actually do the work, the inner work on themselves and the outer work on the world. You have to learn your inner self and you have to learn about the external world. You all know that. Talk about it all the time. That's why podcasters have a future. We're going to give you what you're not getting anywhere else. I've had people tell me that they have kind of like a, a rotation of their top 10, 15 shows. They say, I love your show. I love your show, Andrew. You're in my rotation. I love hearing that. You're in my rotation. I love that. I don't even care if you, if my rotation means you listen to my show once a year. Just tell me that I'm in your rotation, boy. Love that shit. Even if I'm not, shit, lie to me. I don't care. Lie to me. I get lied to all the time. Everybody loves to hear what they want to hear, right? Uh, anyway, so yeah, uh, I'm going to post that episode from the Hard Rock Life podcast. You can go listen to it now. I think they're on Spotify. Uh, they're going to have bands on their show and talk about uh, life and music, basically. Okay, so uh, let's move on. You know, just just as soon as the words podcast have a bright future come out of my mouth. You know, maybe not. <laughs> uh, maybe not. And here's why. This story sucks. Dystopian new censorship law in Japan reminds us why the First Amendment is so important. For some of you numbskulls out there that don't know what the First Amendment is, that's your right to free speech. That's your right for people, that's the right for people like me to start a podcast and call you a stupid fucking moron idiot. Not to your face, but I, I mean, if you were standing in front of me and I thought all those things about you, I would say it to your face. But we can just run our mouths. We can run our mouths on social media. We can run our mouths on, on, um, podcasts and we should be able to that's how you learn that's how you the responsibility is on you you're supposed to decide what's true and what's real and what's untrue and what's not real it's up to you why do you need some arbiter of truth some gatekeeper of truth like they have in New Zealand now apparently we will be your single source of truth disregard everything else you here that isn't from the official source. People, this is the Orwellian part of when I say we are moving towards a brave new Orwellian surveillance police state totalitarian dictatorship world order. Posting online insults will now be punishable by up to one year in prison 
in the country of Japan starting this Thursday when a new law passed earlier this summer will go into effect, reports The Verge. People convicted of online insults can also be fined up to 300,000 yen, which is just over $2,200 American. And that's a nice little lesson in currency uh, right there. If you people want to go down that rabbit hole. The report continues. Previously, the punishment was fewer than 30 days in prison and up to 10,000 yen, $75 fine. This is an incredibly disturbing development. The law is ostensibly motivated by a desire to crack down on cyberbullying, which of course is an unkind and wrong thing to do. But mean speech is still free speech. And by any proper estimation, and this law, by any proper estimation, and this law is so vague that it clearly imperils basic freedom of expression. At the moment, even if someone calls the leader of Japan an idiot, then maybe under the revised law that could be classed as an insult, reports uh, Seho Cho, Japanese lawyer, told CNN. A nation that threatens citizens with jail time for saying mean things about their leaders is very clearly no longer a free nation. That's the most important sentence in this report. I love it. Free speech is an essential human right, and vague laws that suppress it in the name of social harmony are a recipe for totalitarianism. Thankfully, this law, this kind of law wouldn't last five minutes in the United States. <laughs> Whew, don't be too sure about that. It's a little presumptive. Because we have the First Amendment, right? But we could end up living through Japan's dystopian nightmare one day as well if we don't vigorously defend the First Amendment from those who would seek to erode it. So, that's going on in Japan. What else is going on around the world, my fellow Americans? Okay, um, let's go knock out an Anchor commercial, and when I get back, I'm going to talk about Ken O'Keefe, who is a United States Marine, Gulf War vet, outspoken guy, American-Irish-Palestinian citizen, activist, uh, and he has some very interesting things to say about our financial system. And I'm going to play you a clip of uh, Clint Russell over at Liberty Lockdown talking about the CBDC. Uh, and if that goes into effect in the United States, that's his red line, whatever that means. Uh, that's what the point of no return, I think he says. So I'm going to play that clip for you just because... Uh, We've been talking about it. A lot of people that warned you about the vaccines and about all the COVID stuff, they're starting to warn you about what's coming around the corner. And before you know it, it's going to be here. So I'm going to give you a little bit of that today. We're going to talk about digital currency, CBDC, Central Bank Digital Currency. That phrase, that term should terrify the crap out of you. 
And if it doesn't, then you need to keep listening to my show and shows like mine. We're just trying to help people. We're just trying to let you know. We're trying to be the messenger of information. Don't shoot the messenger. We're your friends. I'll be right back. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right, people, welcome back. So I wanted to start this segment talking about a gentleman, a a gentleman named, here, sorry, give me one sec. Here we go. Kenneth O'Keefe. Kenneth O'Keefe is an American, Irish, Palestinian citizen and activist, former United States Marine Gulf War vet in 2001, set fire to the United States to his, he set fire to his United States passport. Subsequently, he led the Human Shield action to Iraq and was a passenger on the MV Mavi Marmara during the Gaza Flotilla raid, where he disarmed two of the Israeli commandos who boarded the ship, initiating a confrontation in which 10 Turkish activists were killed. Okay? So war hero, basically. Uh, He was in the first Gulf War, according to his own website. He was discharged because he spoke out openly about abuse of power by his superiors and, as a consequence, paid a heavy price. He said, I realized that honor and integrity were were virtues which are often punished rather than rewarded. And the Marines supplied me with my first serious taste of injustice. So this guy is clearly controversial. Uh, He created a marine conservation social enterprise to protect and defend the marine environment in Hawaii in 1996. This enterprise conducted ghost net recoveries and rescues of endangered green sea turtle wrapped in monofilament fishing line So he's got a bleeding heart for the uh, environment and for wildlife. In 1998, he joined the anti-whaling campaign in which he was bloodied when attempting to retrieve a boat belonging to the Sea Shepherd Conservation Society, of which he was a crew member. At this time, he was being mentored by Paul Watson... And eventually he served as the regional director of the Sea Shepherd Conservation Society. Uh, Let's see here. The Human Shield Action to Iraq group uh, was criticized. They intended to make it politically impossible for them to bomb Iraq by placing Western civilians as shields at non-military locations. About 75 activists traveled overland from London to Baghdad 
and two double-decker buses. Critics of the human shields argued that their mission would only protect Saddam Hussein. O'Keefe argued that the people of Iraq would suffer the most from a war and publicly acknowledged Hussein as a violent dictator. So he basically said there was no good going on. Both sides were doing bad. And at its height, about 300 human shields were in Baghdad, but due to challenges internally with the Iraqi dictatorship and O'Keefe's deportation from Iraq, the numbers dwindled. Okay, so this guy is an active activist. I'm talking this guy is willing to put his life and his security on the line for what he believes in. That takes courage. And agree with him or disagree with him, more people need to follow in these footsteps. People need to be more courageous. They need to have the balls to speak out. Here's the bad part about Mr. O'Keefe. He's allegedly formed a close association with David Duke. And according to the Southern Poverty Law Center, O'Keefe appeared on Duke's radio show where he, where the pair discussed, according to Duke, the International Conference on Hollywoodism, to which he has been invited by Hamed Gashgavi. It exposes the Zion control of Hollywood, which not only promotes lies about the enemies of Jewish extremism, but literally poisons the hearts and minds of hundreds of millions of people in the West and all over the world. So somebody wrote that about him on his Wikipedia. God, this guy's been involved in a lot of crazy stuff. So listen to this about this O'Keefe guy. He has tried to officially renounce his citizenship three times without success. First in Vancouver, Canada, and then in the Netherlands. He attempted his first formal renunciation of U.S. citizenship in 2001. His initial bid was rejected after the State Department concluded that he would return to the U.S., a credible inference as O'Keefe, in fact, had returned immediately. After his second attempt, he waited seven months with no response before he tried a more sensational approach. He went back to the consulate at The Hague, retrieved his passport, walked outside, and lit it on fire. Seventeen days later, he received a letter from the State Department informing him that he was still an American because he had not obtained the right to reside elsewhere. He had succeeded only in breaking the law since mutilating a passport is illegal. It says so right on the passport. <laughs> so this guy, wow. This guy might be a little a little nuts, a little kooky, a little wacky. But boy, has he been a man of action. He actually does things. He doesn't just talk about them. He does them. I'm not celebrating his decisions or his point of view. Don't get me wrong. I, I'm, if he's a white supremacist, anti-Jewish person, then I definitely renounce and disagree with that aspect of the guy. I'm not celebrating him. Okay, people, Jesus Christ. Oh, boy. So he was also involved in this thing called the Gaza Flotilla involvement uh, aboard the MV Mavi Marmara, which is the ship during the Gaza Flotilla raid. He was one of the passengers who disarmed an IDF commando. I told you about that. He said the experience that was like combat, but without combat weapons. 
we had in our full possession three completely disarmed and helpless commandos surrounded by at least 100 men. We could have done anything with them, adding that a woman provided basic first aid and ultimately they were released, battered, and bruised for sure, able to live another day. O'Keefe was responsible for some of the deaths on board that ship. Uh, alleged a spokesperson for the Free Gaza Movement who is involved in the flotilla. So there's a lot of controversy around this guy. Did a lot of military stuff. Maybe he was an uh, intelligence community asset. Maybe they got a smear campaign going on because this guy likes to speak out and run his mouth and go put his you know, life on the line for what he believes in. And even if you disagree with what he believes in, you have to respect the fact that there are people in this world that are willing to put their lives on the line for what they believe in, okay? Agree or disagree, you can't look me in the eye and get me to believe that the majority the majority of us in this world would do something like that. At some point, though, what's your red line? You know what I mean? When do you go, okay, that's enough, now I have to do something. That's different for all of us. But it is something you should probably start thinking about. O'Keefe was among those arrested and detained in Israel where he, according to himself and another activist, were beaten in Tel Aviv airport when he resisted deportation while still in Israeli custody. He claims a policeman hit him in the head with a truncheon and that he was choked uh, until he almost blacked out. He said that he spent two more days in a detention facility in the airport. O'Keefe said the Irish consul general tried to convince him to agree to leave and asked him to wash the blood off of his face, but he refused. A video showed his bloody face was released upon his arrival in Istanbul. The Israeli Defense Force charged that O'Keefe is an anti-Israeli extremist and operative of the Hamas terror organization. Wow. According to the IDF, he was entering the Gaza Strip in order to form and train a commando unit for the Palestinian terror organization. He responded, if they had a supposed terrorist in their possession, why the hell did they let me go? He acknowledged having had meetings with Prime Minister Ishmael Haniyeh and other senior Hamas officials. Okay? So, wow. This guy is deep, 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 deep. Um, you can read about him and the controversy around him. Is he a Nazi sympathizer? Is he a white supremacist? You be the judge. Uh, but he's definitely a military veteran. He's definitely been involved in a lot of very controversial situations. Okay? So that's a little bit about Ken O'Keefe. Now I'm going to shut up and I'm going to play this clip. He actually gives a very good ex uh, explanation here about the financial system. And he gets a little controversial and conspiratorial. So don't, don't shoot me. I'm not vouching for this guy. I'm just trying to relay the information. This guy made a video where he talked about the financial situation and in the world, the world financial, you know, 
power elite tool that is effectively the you know what O'Keefe says here is that if we could change that it changes everything and he is a Christian I believe he talks about Jesus Christ so that's in here is he a far right uh, white supremacist conspiracy theorist uh, KKK sympathizer nut job you be the judge okay I just wanted to play for you this clip that I found illustrates the point I'm getting ready to drop on you. Okay, so here we go. If there was one one physical uh, subject, one material subject that we should focus on, in my opinion, it is very clear that the head of the snake is the financial system. We can argue till the end of time about who runs the world. Is it the Jesuits? Is it the reptilians? Is it the Illuminati? Is it the Freemasons? We can go on and on and on and on about this. But I don't think it is reasonable to even begin arguing about the mechanism that is used to exert this control. The mechanism is finance. The whole point of finance is to indebt, otherwise to enslave. What is a mortgage? I mean, what does that stand for? It's called, it's a death grip. So when you get a mortgage, you have a death grip held over you because you are in debt. You don't even own the house. The bank owns the house that loans you the money to buy the house unless you're fortunate enough to have all the money to buy it outright. And even then, you can be taxed by the government, and if you fail to keep up with those taxes, the government can then take it from you. The whole system is based on a financial fraud which effectively takes the power that we have and it gives it to a tiny group of individuals who are running the world through the control of finance. With the infinite supply of money that we have allowed them to take, they have literally an infinite supply of money, and with that money, and from their psychopathic point of view, they have bought everything and everyone who can be bought. So those of us who cannot be bought, because we operate on a level that goes way beyond the material, we are not rewarded for such behavior, we are punished for such behavior. And the most slovenly, disgustingly, criminal, pedophilia, uh, you know, corrupt, moral individuals, those are the ones that are rewarded in this system, which is upside down. We reward the pedophiles, we reward the corrupt, we reward the liars, we reward the people with no morals at all, and usually we compromise them under this system in terms of maybe a videotape. Maybe Barack Obama is gay. Maybe we have videotape of him having sex with another man or perhaps uh, some other uh, acts that may be not so popular amongst many of the, of the electorate. Or maybe we have videos of uh, political leaders having sex with little boys or little girls. If I was in charge of the world and I was a psychopath and completely drunk on my own power, you can bet damn sure that's what I would do. I wouldn't allow anyone in a position of power who wasn't completely compromised. When you have an infinite supply of money, you can do this. Take that supply of money away, take that power back, put it in the hands of the people, get rid of fractional reserve banking, which is uh, obscenity in itself. Listen to the lessons of Jesus Christ. If you're a Christian who got really pissed off when he went to the temple and he saw what the money changers were doing, let's take back control of the issuance of money and not just on a national level I'm happy to see in Denmark that you have your own currency you don't have the euro but on every country's level they should be issuing their own currency in a transparent non-usury based way in which it really truly benefits the people and in that way we can literally free ourselves of the banking debt which is drowning us all and we can stop 
scrambling for the crumbs from the table of these filthy rich psychopaths and live in a state of abundance just by changing this one thing. And I'm not just talking about abundance for Western nations who have an artificially inflated value with their currencies. We all in the West are guilty of having that reward while the rest of the world is sucking on it. Every nation in the world can use a sensible financial policy to liberate themselves, to have world-class education, infrastructure, everything that a healthy society would require can be had in, in the worst, most corrupt African country in any part of the world. We can all have that if we simply change that one thing. John F. Kennedy did that about six months before he was taken out. He issued United States notes as opposed to Federal Reserve notes. I can assure you the powers that be knew the power of that act, and they took him right out. So the bottom line is if we as people understand this very simple principle, just this one thing, change this one thing, we can solve every other problem you can name. I don't care what the problem is. I can bring it back to the financial system and an infinite supply of money for a bunch of psychopaths who are running the world as opposed to an abundant supply of money for all of us. So in that sense, I'm very optimistic. This is not rocket science. I am not the smartest guy in the room. We can all understand this. And as soon as we do, we can exercise the same power that we had, but relinquish, and we can have a future for ourselves and our children. There's a lot to be optimistic about, quite frankly. Okay, okay, so that was Ken O'Keefe. Conspiracy-minded QAnoner, sounds like. But um, had some pretty right-on points about the currency and the financial system, in my humble opinion. He talked about fiat currency, fake. He talked about usury. I've talked about usury before. That's what it is, creating money out of nothing. I talked about it, all of this, in my Tragedy and Hope episode. I talked about it in Tyranny, Usury, Scarcity, and Austerity in that episode. Pretty clear. It's pretty clear to see what's going on. And if this gentleman, Mr. Ken O'Keefe, is correct about his opinions here on the financial system, take a listen to Clint Russell, where he said, right here in this clip I'm getting ready to play for you, where he says, they realize, the money changers realize the end of fiat. The world financial system is allegedly insolvent. And if that's true, what does that mean for the world? Is this yet another part of the plan to implement a new world order? You be the judge. Take a listen to Clint Russell from the Liberty Lockdown podcast. The CBDC is the inevitable conclusion of the death of global fiat. It's because all of the same mechanisms for control that the central banks as well as the governments are able to maintain over us through the fiat system migrates perfectly and improves upon itself by migrating to a central bank digital currency, which is why... It has to be the ultimate red line of red lines. It cannot be allowed to occur in 
at least our country. I mean, it's going to happen in many, many nations worldwide. It is already very rapidly developing its own central bank digital currency. The U.S. has a white paper on it. Uh, Biden has issued executive orders demanding that its development be expedited, and they are doing so. This is, yeah. this is a real thing that is happening, and it's happening for a good reason. The central banks of the world realize that they are insolvent. <sighs> That's scary. Remember, remember when Janet Yellen came out and said, no, the inflation's not going to be that bad. It's not going to be that bad. And I just read another story today. They're about to come out with the biggest COLA social security adjustment, 8.7% allegedly to help our, our older folks. They're going to give more money. They're going to, you know, help alleviate the cost for things for the retirees. We'll see about that. <laughs> they'll give you a little bit and then they'll take a little bit more from you. It's a tale as old as time immemorial. I recently posted this quote by Tolstoy and I love it. Quote, the truth is that the state is a conspiracy designed not only to exploit, but above all, to corrupt its citizens. Henceforth, I shall never serve any government anywhere. Unquote. Leo Tolstoy. Avi Yamini recently tweeted, If you're admiring the brave women in Iran ripping their hijabs off in defiance of the authoritarian regime, the authoritarian, the opposite of that is libertarian, authoritarian regime, yet celebrated when anti-maskers get beaten on the streets of Melbourne. Let me read this again. If you are admiring the brave women in Iran ripping off their hijabs in defiance of the authoritarian regime, yet you celebrated when anti-maskers, quote-unquote, got beaten on the streets of Melbourne, then you, my friend, are a hypocrite. What do you think, people? Central bank digital currency. Is that their way out of the end of insolvent, fiat, fake money? Is that the hedge? Is that what BlackRock and Vanguard have in store? State Street, what they have in store for us. Cut the bad debt, trim the fat, call their herd, and start making more loans. 
Better start waking up to this stuff, people. It's getting more and more real, real, real quick. People, just think about if cash goes away, if we become a cashless society. Your gig economy, you Ubers, your you DoorDashers, you you know, Instacarters out there. You know, all that money that you can sort of write off, they kind of give you like the tax form every year. You're basically an independent contractor. You know, what? I mean, does it mean you're not going to be able to go out and do side jobs for cash? Say you want to mow someone's lawn or whatever. Like there's going to be so much under the table stuff going on if they do this. And if they take the cash aspect off the table completely, we're in serious, serious trouble. Keep an eye on our financial institutions, our financial system, their system of usury, their system of fiat fake currency, fake money, bubbles and bursts used to rob the world. You can call it conspiracy theory, bullshit, all you want. The evidence is piling up. Regardless of the messenger, we're all human beings. We all make mistakes. You might not like a person's opinion on race and the fact that they may be racist with white supremacy tendencies, but they might be brilliant on the financial system. You know? I don't know about this Ken O'Keefe guy. Maybe he's a piece of shit. I don't know. Never met the guy. I just like the clip that he had here. And I wanted to share it with you. Okay? So if you want to come cancel me, come cancel me. You're giving a platform to white supremacists. You're you're supporting their cause just because you played them on your show. You're giving them a platform. Their, your speech is violent. Get the fuck out of here with that woke nonsense. People, I hope you enjoyed the show today. It's kind of a little off the cuff. Just wanted to do a little bit of news. The fear porn is growing. Nuclear holocaust, vaccine tyranny, taking your right, your ability to make money away from you, taking your ability to defend yourself away from you. They already took due process away from you. It's only a matter of time. That Bill of Rights is basically usurped already. I kind of feel like everything else from here to the end is all formality, kind of just filling in the blanks. Sometimes I think this New World Order, they already got it. I recently heard Ryan Dean from the Dangerous World podcast say it looks like everything he sees is going according to plan. And I couldn't agree more. Their plan is working on everyone. All of us. You, me, all of us. 
their plan is working. So be aware of that fact. I love you guys. Let's turn up the optimism and the fun, and let's play some punk rock. Alright people, welcome back to the show. It's time to play some punk rock. And today, I have a couple songs for you by an awesome band. Signed on Allegedly Records, of course. And they are called Last Point. Last Point is a melodic skate punk band from Carpentaria. California, located in the central coast of California, formed in October of 2018. They embody the 90s style of punk music and has that has solidified their style, suiting fans of Good Riddance, RKL, Face to Face, A Wilhelm Scream, and The Suicide Machines. Clearly, this is why I love this band, because they play my style of punk rock. And they are awesome making their debut on the Politics and Punk Rock podcast. Here is Last Point with their song, Social Savior.
All right, people, that was Last Point with their song, Social Savior. And did you catch that in there? Something about being woke and it's a joke? (laughs) I caught that. I caught that line. I like the song, Social Savior. There's a lot of you social saviors out there. There are social saviors out there like me. And then there are social saviors out there like social justice warriors. Choose your road, people. (laughs) What kind of person do you want to be? All right, so let's play one more song from Last Point. And this song, I love it. It's fast. It's thrashy. It's skate punk. It's right up my alley. With their second song. Here today on the Politics and Punk Rock Podcast, here's Last Point with their song, Confessor. That was Last Point from the central coast of California with their song, Confessor. And yeah, you know, call me out. Call me out, people. Any of my haters on social media, 
that always try to troll my page and you guys want to get me into some typing argument battles with you, just come on my show. I don't got time. I'm too old. I'm not going to sit there and argue with some idiot I don't know who I'm talking to. I don't know your level of knowledge on anything. When I hear you try to run arguments by me uh, via typing on a comment, you know, use proper grammar and punctuation and maybe define the terms that you use so I can fully understand what you're talking about. (laughs) And I don't know if you're kidding or not because there's no tone of voice. It's just like text messaging. It's a shit way to communicate. It's a shit way to seek understanding. So as I've always said, you want to troll my pages? You want to tell me how much of a dumbass I am and how wrong I am about stuff? People, come on my show. Let's have a public discussion. And if you're not willing to have a public discussion, discussion and you just want to run your mouth from the privacy of your mom's basement you keyboard commandos out there that don't have the balls to actually have a public debate kind of like democrats in you know in the senate <laughs> like senator chris murphy from the state of connecticut what kind of person looks up to people like that it's just gross All right, people. You know, before I go, I just want to say one more thing. People, information is going to come to you from many different avenues, okay? You got to figure out where good inf- what good information is, first of all. And then you can't shoot the messenger. You can't shut an idea or a thought or a feeling or an experience a lived experience that somebody had, you can't shoot it down just because you don't agree with the person's politics or just because they identify with some group that you think you are against, like Antifa or BLM or a social justice warrior or uh, a radical righty, a Christian conservative, a QAnoner, a Trumper, uh, someone who you know claimed that they were riding with Biden. You know, the Bernie bros, the people that love anything that comes out of AOC's mouth, no matter how ignorant it is. You know what I'm saying, people? Like, we're all human beings. We're not perfect. We're not right about everything. Some of us have great ideas on certain topics. And on others, we are terrible, horrible. Does that mean that we shouldn't be listened to? Does, does that mean we shouldn't ca- talk and have a conversation, have a debate? I say stupid shit all the time. You can call me out. My friends, people that know me, people call me out all the time. I love it. Show me where I'm wrong. Without any evil, mean, asshole emotions. Just ex- You can explain to people where they're wrong without talking down to them, disrespecting them, degrading them, mocking them, slandering them. You don't got to come at people with an attitude. If you're trying to prove people wrong, you should probably look in the mirror real quick because someone's going to call you out and prove you wrong, 
and then you're going to crumble like the little whiny, coward, no backbone, little beta boy bitch that you probably are. Get better. Get smarter. Get more aware, more connected, more open-minded, more logical, rational, reasonable, pragmatic, cooperative, cooperative. Learn how to disagree peacefully, my fellow Americans. And you know why we better get on it with this shit? Because people, there's a brave new Orwellian surveillance police state totalitarian dictatorship world order that's coming. Tick-tock, motherfuckers. What you gonna do about it? I love you guys. <laughs> Thank you for listening. Go to the website, politicsandpunkrockpodcast.com. Buy a t-shirt, donate to the show. Send me an email, andrewforamerica1984 at gmail.com. Tell me how much of a right-wing, shill, cuck, dipshit, moron, idiot, you know, Q-tard, conspiracy theorist, you know, whatever I am. Bring it on. Call me all the names in the world. I don't give a shit. I'm rubber. You're glue. Whatever you say bounces off of me and sticks to you. <laughs> you people call yourself adults that play these stupid Immature, woke, ignorant, nonsensical identity politics, cancel culture, bullshit, games. Grow up, my fellow Americans, before it's too late. I love you guys. Go follow me, Andrew for America, on all your favorite socials. Go to SoundCloud.com slash Andrew for America 1984. Check out my tunes, man. Thank you guys, as always, for listening. Good night. We'll see you next time. This has been episode 115 of the Politics and Punk Rock Podcast. Entitled Fear Porn. Nukes, wars, red lines, and digital currency. We'll see you next time.